Hashtag murder may contain explicit and disturbing material and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hashtag murder. murder. I'm Scar. And I'm Dustin. And we are, in fact, millennials who love murder. I don't think I'm a millennial. You are. I looked it up. I can't remember the exact dates, but I know you're in it. I'm pretty sure I'm Gen X, the last bastion of Gen X. You're not, honey. Uh, I I hate to to break it to you. I refuse to be lumped in. (laughs) Uh, Because if you're not a millennial, you cannot be on this podcast. Okay, then I'm... Oh, shit. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay. I got you, babe. Ah, you just got done mowing the lawn. Yeah. I'm assuming you were wearing your hat. Actually, no. Because <gasps> it's in your car. You have two hats. The other one's in the garage. Where? Because you thought you lost the first hat, so I bought another hat, the same exact hat, and now you have a car hat and a garage hat. Where in the garage? I looked. Oh, no, they're both in the car. Mm. You're right. You're right. Okay, you got me. I'm glad that you recorded that. I'm right. Because <laughs> it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, honey. Uh, because you wanted it last night because you thought it would be sunny at 8.15 p.m. whenever we went on our haunted carriage ride. Uh, no, I just thought that I look good in my hat. <laughs> you do look good in your hat. It's a very silly hat. <laughs> it's a good look. I love it. Oh, man. Uh, well, we have a bonus. I love bonuses. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's a shorty bonus because I really can't gauge how long they're going to be based on the notes. Uh, That's a lot of notes, huh? <laughs> uh, but we're just going to roll with it and see what happens. Okay. What are All we right. talking about today? Uh, we are talking about Miss Tanya Ryder. You ever heard of her? Nope. Never. Nope. No. Okay. Well, Ryder. Sure. Uh, <laughs> was it from something? Uh, Rap? Hip hop? Oh. Like music? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the West okay. Coast Ryder. Okay. Actually, I'm East Coast, though. Oh, honey. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you for that, Tanya Ryder. Okay. Um, and this is, uh, she's disappeared. Okay. And we don't know what happened. Could be aliens. Could be. Could be in Mexico. Could be. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to give me any, any other scenarios before we get into this? Mm, mm, I don't know if I have any other scenarios. She uh, joined the French Foreign Legion. Okay. All right. I'm cutting you off. <laughs> All right, honey. So it's September 20th, 2007, and we're in Bellevue, Washington. And a 33-year-old woman named Tanya Ryder is nowhere to be found. 33 in 2007. Gotcha. Yep. We're in Washington State. Yes. Gotcha. So Tanya has two jobs, one of which is at a Fred Meyer, and this is her overnight job. And this is where she restocks the shelves in the health and beauty aid section and gets off work around 9 a.m. Is this a drugstore? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, it's like a like a grocery store, kind of. Okay. So, Tanya was last seen leaving her overnight shift job, and then she's just gone. She disappears. Okay. Into thin air. How do we know the air was thin? It could have been muggy that day. <laughs> it could have been foggy. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. 
so typically, Tanya would get off work and head back to her home in Maple Valley, get a few hours of sleep, and then head to a job number two as the fitting room attendant at Nordstrom. Two jobs. Damn. Tanya, I don't think so. Does she have kids or something? No. She's just trying to stack them checks. Yeah, which we'll we'll find out here in a little bit. Um, but not only does Tanya grind with her double jobs, so does her husband Tom Ryder, who was 39 at the time. And Tom worked for a land clearing company during the day and delivered pizza at night. Damn. Yeah. So they're Why both the f- working two jobs. Why the fuck are they working so goddamn? <laughs> they never see each other. They don't. They're like and we'll two find ships that out passing in the night. Holy I know. shit. Okay. Not even the night, because she's working all night. They're putting in all the hours. So the reason for all this working is because Tanya and Tom were building their dream home on the Puget Sound. So they're going to work hard now so they don't have to later to be able to pay for this house that they're having built. And at this point in time, the writers have been married for about seven years. And they're already working on their dream home. Their forever home. Oh, okay. That's fucking badass right there. Yeah. On the Puget Sound. I guess that's very picturesque. I've never been there. I've never been there either. I've never been farther west than, uh, well, Utah now. (gasps) We went to Utah. At, well, Nevada, actually. Is that farther? Yeah. Oh, well, shit. That huh? was two hours further. I thought we were heading north. It was west. <laughs> yeah. I have no fucking idea. I just got in the car and drive. <laughs> oh, my God. At a high rate of speed. <laughs> yeah, we went like 90 the whole way. At least. It was a straight line. It was great. It was fantastic. Um, so, Tanya and Tom are very different people, but they balance each other out very well. Tom is very outspoken and outgoing, whereas Tanya is more reserved and quiet. She never really spoke unless she had something to say, so they had a little yin and yang going on. But everyone they knew thought that they were perfect for each other. They balanced each other. Yeah, kind of like you and me. Yeah, you're very talkative, and I am extremely quiet individual. Okay. <laughs> I think we all know that that is the other way around. <laughs> I may have a couple of opinions on things. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay, so with having four jobs between the two of them, they're not seeing each other all that often. So in this documentary I watched, it said that they could go three or four days without seeing each other. And they live in the same home. I don't like that. That's a lot of days. I don't like that at all. You don't even like going three or four hours without seeing me. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) You know it's true. I just like to look at you, honey. I know. It's very sweet. So, the day before Tanya goes missing, her and Tom actually had the night off. Or they both had the night off. (laughs) So they get to catch up and chat and have some time together. And later that night, Tanya goes to work at Fred Meyer, leaves at 9 a.m. to go back home, and vanishes. So the night before she disappeared, they had this time together. He killed her. (laughs) Well gonna see what happens it's always the husband uh well it is well well okay we'll get there oh oh shit (laughs) okay so this is weird tanya's last known whereabouts were at fred meyer and this was thursday september 20th and now it's saturday september 22nd and tom has still not noticed that his wife has been missing since thursday because they never see each other yeah yeah i mean there's no there's nothing abnormal about this it's 2007 cell phones are a thing are a thing yeah the iPhone is out. So they haven't spoken to each other in two days? I find that a little weird. <laughs> you mean to tell me why you're delivering pizzas, you can't uh, give the wife a jingle and be I like, know. hey honey. You know, okay. Yeah, you got that extra long delivery 30 minutes away? Give her a ring. I don't know. I don't understand. So anyway, it's Saturday and Tom gets a call from Tanya's boss at Nordstrom and her boss informs Tom that Tanya has not shown up for her last two scheduled shifts. Yeah, and she probably never fucking misses work, ever. She doesn't. Ever. You're right. So this prompts Tom to call Tanya 
finally. <laughs> and he doesn't get an answer. So he's thinking that she's maybe overslept for two shifts. Mm. That's a long sleep, my I'm dude. sure the boss has called Tanya uh, already, Tom. Oh, yeah. So, eh, I don't know. So Tom heads back to their home, hoping that Tanya is there, and there's no sign of her. He also goes into the garage and notices that Tanya's car is also missing. So this prompts Tom to call 911. Okay, I probably would have called on my ride home. Yeah. Uh, so Tom explains to the dispatcher that he hasn't seen or heard from his wife in two days and that he's starting to panic. He asks if there were any car wrecks that Tanya could have potentially been involved in, and she informs him that there have not been any reported in the area and to maybe call State Highway Patrol to see if they have any inf any information for him. No wrecks? We can't go 24 hours in the Charleston area without a fucking accident. I know. Should we move to this area of the country where there haven't been a there hasn't been a wreck in two days? I don't know how we <laughs> we wouldn't be able to behave ourselves. We'd probably just sit there and make traffic jams just just to feel more at home yeah oh my god um okay so tom starts panicking a little bit and he's thinking that literally the only place that she could possibly be is at fred meyer so he gets in the car and heads up there but also like couldn't she be like at a friend's house or family member or boyfriend <laughs> oh shit am i jumping the sh shark again here <laughs> i don't know honey you have to be patient that's not one of my virtues i know so what has happened to Tanya? Like, is she still alive? Was she kidnapped? Was her car stolen and now she's stranded somewhere? Is she in a hospital? Is, is she in a jail? Like, Well, we're jumping to some pretty horrible conclusions <laughs> over here. Uh, well, it's been two days. Maybe she's Rip Van Winkle. Maybe she's just sleeping. I don't know who that is. Oh, God. <laughs> is it a fairy tale? It is. Oh, I love a good fairy tale. <laughs> well, I'll have to tell it to you. <laughs> After the podcast, honey. Okay. Oh, that sounds good. Okay. So there's no way to know where she is. So with nothing to go off of, Tom calls back into 911 and wants to file a missing persons report for Tanya. Tom agrees to meet with the Bellevue police at Nordstrom around noon, and the manager there says that Tanya's shift is supposed to start in about an hour. So they wait around to see if, if she shows up. Still no Tanya. Okay. So this is like shift number four that she has missed now. For a lady who never misses any shifts. Yeah, and works two jobs. That's exhausting. Yeah, I'm going to go take a nap after this. I'm pretty <laughs> fucking tired. What the hell was that? What was that? That's not even a ringtone. That's literally Pandora opening to your favorite radio station. Oh, my. Is there a ghost here? There's a ghost in the machine, I think, honey. <laughs> Did it follow us back from last night? It may have. Oh, that was really weird. <laughs> I never... <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, so, an officer shows up at Nordstrom and starts getting information from Tom. Like, what does Tanya look like? What was she wearing? Have you all been arguing lately? I don't see her. How the hell can we argue? That's true. Yeah. And Tom says no. Everything has been fine. So the officer calls up to Fred Meyer to see if the manager can pull surveillance footage from that morning that Tanya went missing. She pulls it up, and it shows Tanya driving away at 9.02 a.m., and all seems normal. She doesn't seem stressed or anxious, and it doesn't appear that anyone is following her. Yeah, but how good is this footage? All, all, every time we see footage from these uh, surveillance <laughs> things, they're... Yeah, and then we get a picture from fucking Mars, 
perfect resolution. Uh, it was actually pretty good. They showed it. It. I mean, she looked like a woman getting done with a nine-hour shift <laughs> at and 9 getting in her fucking car and going home. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so here's the thing. The Bellevue police don't really feel like investigating this okay. or doing anything about it. Okay, because... We don't really have a reason. What leads you to think that they don't really want to investigate it? We're getting to it. Uh-oh, the cops and her are colluding. <laughs> okay, so they tell Tom, because he's still at Nordstrom with the with the cop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they tell Tom to call up the King County police, despite Tanya last being seen in Bellevue. Why don't you guys call your fucking cooperative <laughs> police departments here, you sons of bitches? <laughs> Oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be very frustrating. You just want me to call the fucking operator? I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so they don't help Tom with this at all, and Tom can't even call the King County place because he's still in Bellevue. Because if he called right now, he would just get the Bellevue people. So he has to wait until he gets back over county lines to call in again. Oh, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> so he can. So he's driving back, and he yeah. So, um. Okay, so as soon as Tom crosses back over to the county line, he calls into 911 again and explains that his wife is missing. Tom asks the dispatcher to file a missing persons report, and the dispatcher's like, nah, I'm not going to do that until you check all the hospitals and jails and make sure she's just not wounded or been arrested. You have access to the jail records. Yeah. And I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh, God damn. So we're not going to do any type of investigation at all. Nope. Okay. All right. So Tom starts calling jails and hospitals and morgues and like, I'm sure this is extremely time consuming because, you know, they probably all, they have that little like robot guy. It's like, how can I direct your call? Press one for this, two for this. You know, that's how it is. Oh, yeah. So he's sitting there for hours explaining to a dozen different people that his wife is missing, you know, stressed to the fucking gills. Yeah, I know. So Tom calls around, nothing. She's nowhere. She's at none of these places. What would happen if he called back to the dispatcher and was like, yeah, I called everybody, and he hadn't really called them? What the fuck are they going to do? That's true. You know, Hell like, yeah, that's true. Liar, liar, pants on fire, you know, like, ooh. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that is a good point, though. I waited like 15 minutes. I'm like, yeah, I called everybody. <laughs> I called them all. I called them all. I called everybody. Like, it was crazy. I'm, I'm like super fast with the digits here. I can dial like yeah. you've never seen. I have four different phones. I had them all going at the same time. <laughs> no way I could just explain it all at once to four different people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fucking ass clowns. Uh, so Tom calls back into 911, and he said he didn't have any luck and to please file a missing persons report. And the dispatcher says, I can't file a report just because she's missed work. Have you guys had any arguments? Tom says no. It's not that she's just missed work. It's that she's missed everything. Yeah. She's missing. Yeah, and her car is gone. Dispatcher says, have you had any discussions, problems? Have you checked with any other family members in the area? Hmm, hadn't thought about that. (laughs) And Tom says that Tanya doesn't really speak to her family. They haven't spoken in months. And he hasn't spoken to them in years. So, this dispatcher is refusing to file this missing persons report. Just won't do it because he's not convinced. So, once again, Tom is on his own. And this dispatcher told him that Tom would have to contact all of Tanya's friends and family members before filing a report. He's not the arbiter of fucking all things missing persons. All right? It's time to go down to the fucking uh, police station and do this in person. So, oh, we'll get to it. 
Yeah. Oh, I'm fucking anxious now. <laughs> I know. So Tom calls all of Tanya's family, who he hasn't spoken to in years, and they haven't heard from Tanya either. In fact, they haven't heard from her in several months. They're not close at all. And she doesn't really... She works two fucking jobs. Yeah. She doesn't have time to go She doesn't have a hang. social life. Yeah, she doesn't really go anywhere. She goes home and sleeps. Yeah. Yep. So Tom calls into dispatch for a third time. This time he's begging the dispatcher to make a report for Tanya because the clock is literally ticking, even if she's still alive at this point. First 48, motherfuckers. I know. So they finally make the report. What have we been missing now? Four days? I'm just kidding. They did not make the oh, report. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> oh, that was rude. Sorry. I told you I'm anxious over here. Uh, so they tell Tom no again. God damn. Did they give the name of these motherfuckers? No. We will get the name of one person eventually, but no. There's no names. Like, God, if you're going to suck that bad at your job, at least do a job that doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, I know. You know, like, jeez, if, if the guy that mows your lawn misses a swipe of grass, you know, <laughs> no big fucking deal. <laughs> I know. Damn dispatchers going, ooh, I, I don't want to work today. Yeah. So now, Dispatch is telling Tom that he needs to answer some questions. He needs to take a questionnaire. So, they ask if the missing person is suicidal. Do they have any mental health issues? Are they elderly? Is there some sort of unusual circumstance? And the answer is no to all of these questions. Define unusual circumstance. So he's not filing a report. Like, it's unusual that she hasn't shown up to either of her two jobs. And she's gone. And she doesn't answer her cell phone. Yeah, and this is not in her nature to disappear. Do any of it, yeah. Yeah. So, Tom is getting very frustrated, and he asks the dispatcher to send out an officer, and that he'll just speak with an officer directly, to which the dispatcher says, Oh, these reports are not taken in person. She does not meet the criteria to take a missing person's report on. She's an adult. She's not been suicidal. So what we're telling you is... And then Tom cuts him off and says, How are you going to feel if she turns up dead tomorrow? Oh. Well, he to probably, the dispatcher. And the dispatcher was like, Oh, now I gotta send somebody. You just threatened me. Yeah, so the dispatcher says, what I'm telling you is that she does not meet the criteria. And then he says, we don't go actively searching for missing people, sir. Yes, the fuck you do. That's your whole shit. <laughs> That's the whole point. I watched a documentary the other day where they started looking for this man within four hours. They set up an entire task force for like a month to search for this man every day. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Uh, white male privilege going on there, it sounds like. Well, yeah. So, uh, oh, uh. And then the dispatcher tells Tom that Tanya probably just left on her own because she's an adult and adults can go missing if they want to. So then Tom gets real fired up. And Tom says, you're treating this like, oh, this fucking idiot, his wife left him, the hell with it. And then Tom asks how long does he have to wait before he can file the missing persons report. And then the dispatcher says there is no set time. <laughs> Excuse me? There's no set time. So she could just be gone for forever. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is happening here? So Tom says, so what you're telling me is that unless she winds up dead, you're not going to care. And they didn't say what the dispatcher said after that, but I can only assume that the dispatcher just said, like, yep. Yeah, that's when we'll start our investigation once we have a body. 
Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So now it's been four days since Tanya was last seen leaving Fred Meyer. Which is an eternity in missing person time. Yeah. And no sort of any search has happened. And Tom has called into dispatch three times. No, I'm not calling anymore. I'm camped out in front of the fucking police (laughs) station now. They're going to have to take me to jail. I know. Or put me in the psych ward or something like that. Yeah. So now Tom is like, fuck it. I guess I'm doing this alone. He's thinking about just going down to the police station in person, but he assumes they're just going to say the same thing to him, which they probably were. No, I'm talking to, to the same. chief of police. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're, 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 let's call the FBI. I know. Let's call the news outlets. So, funny you say that. So instead, Tom gets the media involved. And Tom stated that he was not going to let them not look for his wife. And I was like, getting real pumped. I was like, all right, he's, he's doing it. Oh, please have a good media member who actually gives a shit, please. (sighs) So he goes down to the local news station, and they pump the brakes, and they were like, hey, we can't run a story on this without a police report. You can go fuck yourself. (laughs) Because they don't want to report false news. Well, I'll give them credit for the not reporting false news Uh, thing, but this is literally a story about the police not doing their job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, spin it that way. 100%. Like, what was, if this was your wife or son or daughter... Exactly. So now Tom decides he's just going to start looking for Tanya on his own. And he's only one man. So where do you even begin? How how do you start this? You have no experience looking for missing people. Exactly. Like, can you imagine? If I I had been missing for four days and no one is helping you do anything... I know you'd lose it. Tom kept his composure pretty well. I would be okay, uh, lady. I don't think so. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I did survive for 39 years before I met you. <gasps> Not well. You saw the state of this house when you moved in. It was a nightmare. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. There wasn't a lick of paint on the walls. I, t- what do you I told need you. Paint for? <laughs> I told you I was not moving into this house <laughs> until we painted these walls uh, and got some shit on the walls and some. We had we had we had TVs on the walls. You had here's the list of things that were on all of the walls in this house: <laughs> two TVs and one painting made by Derek. And the two TVs were in the living room. That's right. Total bachelor pad. <laughs> White walls. It was so bad. Oh, honey. Oh. Ugh. Okay. Um. So, Tom drives up and down Tanya's route to work, which is about a 35-ish minute drive, and he's looking for just any sort of indication that maybe Tanya's car had gone off the side of the road or signs of an accident, and there's just nothing. Tom also goes to the side of their future dream home. Maybe Tanya needed some time away and is hiding out near the lake. So Tom makes the 92-mile drive out there just to make sure, and she's not there. What's going through his head during this, what, two-hour drive? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two hours one way, probably. So now Tom calls dispatch for a fourth time. Is it the same uh, dispatcher every time? So this time, operator number 65 answers the phone. Oh, so no, it's not. It's not. Okay, so we got got the number. Did they (laughs) give the number for the other ones? They did not. Oh, God. Probably because their name was Fuckface Douchebag. (laughs) Uh, So operator number 65 answers Tom's call. And guess what operator 65 does? He takes the goddamn missing persons report. I'm not fucking with you this time. He actually takes it. Okay. All right. (laughs) I don't think I could have handled another bad joke. I know. So suddenly... All of a sudden, Tanya meets all the criteria to be a missing person. Hooray. Yay. I guess. guess. Uh, 
like, why did it? Oh, it's so infuriating. Way so, to go, 6'5". I know. So Dispatch also sends an officer to the Ryder residence, and Tom can barely, like, handle his excitement. He meets the officer at the officer's car, tells him he can go in, he can search the house, he's willing to do whatever needs to be done to find Tanya. Yeah, she's been missing for damn near a week now. Um, I think we're five days in. Five fucking days. So a, a business week. Yeah. So guess what police are thinking? Oh, Tommy boy has chopped her up and just trying to do a little CYA. Yeah. Well, it is always the husband or the boyfriend, so... Yeah, it's true. So now this officer goes back to the station and tells Tom that he doesn't even know if a detective will actually take the case. Which prompted me to think, is there that much going on in King County, Washington? And, wait, they get to... Oh, no, that case right there, that's not for me. That's going to be Bill's case. Yeah. I'm not taking this case. You know, I've got a streak going. Yeah. Like, (sighs) yeah. So this prompted me to goog the population of King County. More or less than 10,000 people. Here's the thing. I did not realize that Seattle was a part of King County. Oh, so it's fucking huge. <laughs> so there's actually 2.2 million people there. Gee, okay, but are they in Seattle proper? Um, well, they're in Maple Valley, which is 21,000. Okay, so 21,000 people. We're not talking about like this infinite number. Yeah. Like 2.2 million? Okay, that's a big fucking... <laughs> 21,000? Yeah. Fucking Goose Creek's bigger than that. I know. So, But the way that this was being handled made me think it was like a teeny tiny little town that, you know... No, it's making me think that it's, it's this huge, huge big city yeah. that's got, you know, 55 murders. Well, you know, we got all these madness. Yeah, so... No, they're not doing anything. They're playing tiddlywinks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, anyway. Anyway. Anywho. Don't you know. <laughs> um, so, now that Tom has got the missing persons report, he also has a case number. So, now he can go to the fucking news outlets. Yep. So, now he goes back to the media, and now they can run a story for Tanya. Tom is finally getting some help and also getting news coverage. So now it's day five of Tanya being missing and Tom is getting real antsy and he doesn't know what else to do. So he goes to work for the day, which probably was not a good look on. Well, what's his boss doing? Like, hey, buddy, your wife's missing still. Like, why don't you just go ahead and take the day off? Yeah. And we'll call it bereavement. We'll, we'll code it somehow so that you get paid. Yeah. So he went back to work, but while he was there, everyone in his company started making flyers immediately. So the company goes from, I think it said, from Canada to Oregon to Utah. So they made like thousands of flyers and distributed them all throughout the Northeast. So you're saying that they're better than the police department. Yes. Don't know what company it is, but yes. Oh, we got to find out what company that is and give them a shout out. I know. So the company that he worked for was really getting the word out about Miss Tanya. So it's day five and Tanya's case finally gets handed to a detective. Finally. And they really don't have anything to go off of. So the detectives get Tanya's banking info to kind of track and see if she or someone else is using these cards. Let's ping a cell phone tower here. Oh, we'll get to that. (laughs) It's like we're moving at glacial speed here. Yeah. Oh, man. So Tom tells detectives that he and Tanya have a joint checking account, a joint savings account, and that Tanya has a Nordstrom visa, and that's it. And the Nordstrom visa is all that she has with her. So he tells them these three pieces of information. Just keep that in mind. So later that night, Tom decided to call Tanya's cell phone again. He's got this, like, nagging feeling to keep calling her, but this time it goes straight to voicemail. Because the phone's dead. It's been five days. Yeah, so the battery is most likely dead, which is not a good sign. And Tom is really starting to lose hope that Tanya is still alive. 
So that same night, Tom gets a call from the King County Police Department, and they tell him that they have great news. That you found her. Well, no. Oh, then it's not great news. Yeah. That you there's have news. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have just news. We have just news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that there was some activity on Tanya's card. A break in the case. Okay. Yeah. So, Tom asks which account, and she says the checking account. But she... So, the detectives completely forgot that Tom and Tanya have this joint checking account. And it was Tom who had used the card to get gas. And he specifically told them that the only card she had on her was her Nordstrom card. These people are inept. Yeah. All right. Talk about just not being cogent and good at your job. I know. Fuck. Yeah, so once again, we have nothing. So you don't even have news? Nope. <laughs> they have anti-news. Yeah, we're going to update you with, oh yeah, by the way, we have nothing. <laughs> yeah. We suck at our job. Newsflash. Yeah, so now it's day six. So now Tom is all, we need to get a search party together, and we need to go look for Tanya. And but then, where the fuck do you look? Yeah, well, they know that she went missing somewhere uh, presuming she was going home, she went missing somewhere between the Fred Meyer and... And home. And home, yeah. She probably takes the same route every damn day. Yep. Um. So he wanted to get this search party together, and the te- the detectives are like, nah, because we don't know where to start, so we're not just we're just not going to do anything. And it's hot out there, and we, need, we have air conditioning inside. <laughs> and, and there's donuts. And, <laughs> yeah, and coffee. And chairs. We yeah. can sit. I know. So then... Going back to what you said earlier, Tom suggests that they get Tanya's cell phone records, which I don't know why they haven't tried this yet. Six like that's, Instead of going to the bank account, like I go to the cell phone company first thing. Yeah. It's not like we're back in the 40s when people didn't have <laughs> cell phones. I know. But as you know, cell phone companies are not just going to hand that information over all willy-nilly. If they have a warrant handed to them, they'll hand it over. It's not willy-nilly. Well... So in order to get these records, they need a warrant, which they can't get because they need probable cause that an actual crime has been committed and they didn't have that. Okay. Yeah. So at this point, I mean, Tom's been losing it this whole time. Actually, he's been keeping it together fairly well. All things in public. Yeah. I'm sure at home he is a blubbering fucking mess. Manic, almost. Yeah. So he's not doing well and he doesn't know what else to do to find his wife. So, moving on to day seven. Goddamn. Yeah. So while Tom is breaking down, dispatch receives a phone call from the manager at the Fred Meyer store where Tanya works. And this manager says, quote, Something's not right with this guy's story and I just need to let somebody know that. End quote. Who is he talking to? So she called into dispatch talking about Tom, saying that something's not sitting right with her about Tom's story about Tanya. After a week. Yes. And she just keeps saying on this phone call, just something isn't right. Something isn't right here. Okay. Well, they don't care because, you know, you don't have any probable cause or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So what do they, what are we going to do with this information? Like... I bet you they come out there and take a statement or something, though. (laughs) So now it's day eight that Tanya's been missing, and police go off the only lead they have, which is from the manager at Fred Meyer. So they start buckling down on old Tom. Oh, God. So did Tom do it? Did Tom do something? I'm going to go ahead and say no, because you don't report a person that you killed. Yeah, typically. Sometimes it happens. Yeah, but you certainly don't. And it's so funny, because... It's been seven days. They've done nothing. And all of a sudden, this one chick is like, you know what? I think the husband did it. And now they're like, boom, let's go get him. 
They've done nothing up until this point until they think that she's been murdered. So now they're going to take it seriously. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Uh, crazy, frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So, detectives call Tom down to the station just to chat and casually administer a polygraph. Okay. Uh, you mean a stress test because it's not a fucking lie detector. Yeah. Um, you know, just to rule them out. Oh, by the way, I would never take a lie detector. I had to do that once. I would never. I had ever. to do it. And I was lying. And they knew it. <laughs> I thought I was going to get kicked out of the military. <laughs> yeah. I, ne- I would never take a polygraph. It scared the shit out of me. I would me. also never go down to the police station without <laughs> lawyer in hand. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, man. So they're doing this polygraph, and they're interviewing Tom, and they're literally asking him all these questions like, was Tanya angry with you? Was she unharmed the last time you saw her? Basically everything except for straight up, like, did you kill your wife? And Tom's getting real annoyed by this. And it's a stress test, so, like, him being annoyed is probably not looking looking too good on the little spiky things. Um... So now Tom knows that the investigators are not on his side like they ever were to begin with. Yeah, I don't think they're on anybody's side except for their own. They're certainly not on Tanya's. I know. So while Tom is being questioned, the other detectives finally get a judge to sign off on the phone records. Because now she's quote unquote possibly dead based on the opinion of one woman's gut instinct. Yeah. So they get the records, and they get the last ping tower from Tanya's cell phone. So now, police are going to do a search. And within this grid of where the cell phone pinged is the highway that Tanya takes to and from work. So they send out a search team. Honestly, I don't think any of this would have happened if that manager had not said, I think Tom did it. I don't think any of this would have happened. Uh, so far, So I that would... could have been the catalyst. Maybe Tom called her and was like, hey man, just blame it on me. I didn't do this shit, but we got to get this ball rolling. Oh, hey, that's that's possible. I need some I need some fucking backup here, all right? Yeah. Huh, that's very interesting. So, they don't know if they're just looking for the cell phone, if the cell phone was just tossed out of a moving car. They don't know, but they're going to go look just for funsies and see what they can see. All right. So this is where it gets <laughs> even more frustrating. I just gave myself the chills. No. Uh, okay. Okay. Let's do it. So at 3.20 p.m., detectives find something that may be of interest to the case. Guess what they find. Do they find the cell phone? Well, they do find the cell phone. Okay, that's interesting. And the cell phone is inside of Tanya Ryder's car. Is it, okay, I'm assuming that it must be, like, obstructed from view from the road or something like that? Because he's driven up and down this road at least a dozen times looking for her, I'm sure. Yeah, so they find her car. And it is off an embankment off the side of the interstate. And it's, the car is wrecked, and it's about 12 feet down in a ditch laying on its side. So you can't see it from the road unless you get out of your car and look for it. Like in a search party. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone is shocked. They weren't really expecting to find anything. And then suddenly they find their missing person's vehicle. Is she in it? And they don't just find the car. Tanya's in the car. Is she still fucking alive? It's and been she's eight... still alive. After eight days, I'm assuming with no she's food or water. She's still alive. It's been eight days and she's still alive. She's the baddest bitch. That's it. Baddest bitch. Right there. I know. God damn. Fuck you, police. Hmm. Yeah. So one of the officers calls in and she says, 
This is that missing female, Tanya Ryder, that was on the news. We found her vehicle and she's still moving inside of it. And then she says, oh my God, this was a car accident. Can you believe it? No, I cannot. <sighs> uh, they owe the husband quite an apology. Uh, and I'm going to sue your goddamn pants off. Oh yeah, I'm going to own that police station. You're fucking, I'm, gonna, I'm moving my <laughs> shit in yeah. tomorrow because I own this fucking place now. Yeah, forget about the dream home. We're just going to, oh my God. So it's been eight days and Tanya was still alive in her car. And she had been trapped in the car, driver's side down, suspended by her seatbelt for eight days. Super comfortable. Uh, so Tanya was in super rough shape. She couldn't move. She didn't eat or drink anything for all eight days. Jesus. So the officers on scene call up the department where Tom is currently being questioned about the disappearance of his wife. Because they don't fucking believe that <laughs> somebody could just disappear without, you know. Yeah. Oh. So they say to Tom, the ones who are interviewing him, they say, we found her car. And then Tom had to ask the detectives if Tanya was okay, which not, is annoying. Not, we found, not that we found her. We found her car. Yeah. These guys uh, suck. Yeah. So firefighters remove Tanya from the car. They get her in a helicopter and they medevac her to the hospital. And at the hospital, they realized the extent of Tanya's injuries. Um, her organs had started to shut down. She had broken bones. They thought that they may have to remove one of her legs. It just wasn't a good situation. How many IVs do they have going into her right now? Oh, a shit ton. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Tom is no longer being questioned. Hooray! Yeah. And he heads straight to the hospital. They didn't drive him? Nope. <laughs> no police escort. So they could get there faster. Bonkers? Yeah. Uh, so medical staff tell Tom that if Tanya had gone like three more hours of being untreated, she probably wouldn't have made it. God damn. Yeah. So Tom goes on to the news and states that the doctors may have to remove one of Tanya's legs because of the way that she was pinned in the car. Because like bad circulation, no blood getting to it. Yeah, and not being able to move. So uh, despite this, a few hours after being rescued, Tanya wakes up at the hospital. And I can't, I can't believe she's still, like, conscious at this point. Three hours later? That's pretty impressive that she didn't, like, slip into a coma or something. Yeah. Well, she didn't. She's the baddest bitch. I know. She really is. So she remembers waking up and seeing a nurse next to her, and she was extremely thirsty because she had gone eight days with no water, which is insane, and that she didn't really know what was going on. Shocker. But this part's really sweet. She said that, but whenever she saw Tom, she knew she'd be okay. Because Tanya described Tom as her comfort space. Oh, that is sweet. That's very sweet. So Tanya's car was found less than six miles away from her home in Maple Valley. She was right there the whole time. Six miles. Yeah. I remember Tom had driven past her probably a dozen times and didn't even notice. Because, like, if they would have just created a team a team of like four it doesn't even matter get a small team together and just walk up and down the interstate they, they would have found her they may have been able to do it in a helicopter in about five minutes yeah well yeah that's true so tom speaks in a press release and says quote she was in that car for eight days all i know is no one else should have to go through what she went through when the simple pinging of a cell phone could have led them to her in an hour end quote and yeah. he was like angry crying whenever he was saying this 
I'd have been so, I would there's I mm, there, I would have talked so much shit about that police department during that press conference. Oh yeah. So like I'd have had everybody's badges. Like I want your badge and your badge and your badge. And here are the three uh, dispatchers that uh, no uh, longer have a job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so infuriating. So Tanya and Tom still live in Maple Valley. They put their dream home on hold for now. Um, and they wrote a book titled Lost in Plain Sight, The Tanya Ryder Story, and it was published in 2010, as well as Missing Without a Trace, Eight Days of Horror, which was also published in 2010. Yeah. And Tanya's very, I don't think she likes being in the spotlight. She doesn't do many interviews or anything. She just wants to live with her and Tom and their house. And Why would you want to relive that fucking nightmare? Exactly. Well, she doesn't really remember it anyway. Thankfully. Yeah. That um, may have been what kept her alive. She passed out, and so she wasn't using nearly as much energy or... Exactly. Oh. Tanya states that she was able to survive due to her childhood. She stated, quote, I had a pretty traumatic childhood, but I could always find a beautiful place to go to, end quote. Damn. And that's that on that. Fuck. Well, super happy ending. Goddamn, I'm frustrated right now. I know. Uh, but you know what'll lighten your mood? You do have fun facts. I do. Okay, good. Guess what they're about? Uh, good detectives. <laughs> uh, Cell phones. Oh, no. Oh, that would have been fun. Uh, no. <clears throat> Remember what Tom's second job was? Pizza delivery guy. Yeah. So I got some pizza delivery fun facts for you. Okay. I like it a pizza. Oh, I know you do. I like it a pizza. <laughs> we all know, honey. <laughs> uh, so, the first pizza was delivered to the Italian queen. Queen Margarita while visiting Naples in 1889 by Raphael Esposito. I wonder if he got a tip. Uh, like a shilling? Yeah. Something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Lonnie David Franklin Jr., a.k.a. the Grim Sleeper, who was a serial killer in Los Angeles, was caught via a delivered pizza whenever he discarded his pizza crusts. And they tested the DNA on the pizza crust to convict him of killing at least 10 people. This is why you always eat your pizza crust. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you paid for the crust. You eat the crust. <laughs> I knew the only you time you don't that. eat the crust is when you're at a buffet. <laughs> yeah. Then I'll take one bite out of the pizza pizza and go get another fucking pizza. I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the first online, quote, pizza was ordered in 1974 by a group of researchers from Michigan State who worked in an AI lab. They wanted to test out their creation and used it to order a pepperoni, ham, sausage, and mushroom pizza for delivery. Sounds good to me. Yeah. And finally, Pizza Hut delivered the first pizza into space. It was a six-inch salami pizza to an ast astronaut on the International Space Station, which cost the Russian Space Agency about a million dollars. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's that on that, honey. God could she not honk the horn? She could have been. But, I mean, if you're on the interstate... You're whizzing by. You're not hearing shit. Yeah. And <sighs> I don't know if she could move her arms because she was still buckled. So, I don't know. But eight days. Survived for eight days. It's bonkers. Yeah. That is absolutely fucking insane. Yeah. Well, good for you, Tanya. And Tom. Where the I fucking know. Dude, Tom is a goddamn trooper. I hope trooper. they sued that police department for, like, all they got. Because I don't know why they would put their dream house on hold whenever they could get all this money from lawsuits and stuff. I don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, 
Oh, before you go, we have an Instagram. Do you know the name of it? Hashtag MurderPod. It's at hashtag MurderPod. Spell it all out. <laughs> and if you like this... Give them five stars. Yeah. Hell, even if you don't like it, give them five stars. Yeah, you already made it this far. Yeah. Just do it. Rate them, review them. And I say them because I'm I'm just a fill-in. <laughs> you're our special guest, honey. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah. Special guest. Yeah. You're very special. Gen X special guest. <laughs> you're a millennial, goddammit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, thanks for hanging out. Love you. Bye. Bye. If you work as a dispatcher and somebody calls and says their wife is missing, fill out a fucking report, please. Love you. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Hashtag Murder. Episodes are written and edited by Alex Lewis and Scarlett Hipton. Our intro and outro music is written and played by Derek Branton. Our cover art is by the lovely Lauren Walker. And our name was created by the most wonderful, supportive, and super hot boyfriend, Dustin Branton. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or ideas, you can reach us at hashtag murderpod at gmail.com. That's H-A-S-H-T-A-G murderpod at gmail.com. And don't forget to tell all of your friends about us. Thanks. Bye. Oh, shit. We got to redo it. <laughs> okay, hold on. Testing. Testing. Test, test. Blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. They put their dream hold on home. Despite this, a few are taken in person. Or, oh, hold on. I don't think I want to move out there and live, honey. <laughs> I'll deal with the damn traffic. Uh, yeah, uh, oh my god. So here's the thing. The Bellevue... God damn it. So here's the thing. The Bellevue police... Policed? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, so, Tom head backs to their home. <laughs> Hehehehe. <laughs>